Our second reading comes to us from the second chapter of the book of Philippians, verses 1 through 11. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him, and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. This morning we are finishing our sermon series on the Advent Conspiracy. A brief reminder that the Advent Conspiracy is a movement which seeks to reclaim Christian, to make it more of a holy day, to recognize it as the day when Christ was born instead of getting caught up in the commercialism, getting caught up in the popular society. There are four different ideas in the Advent Conspiracy. The first is to worship fully. Then last week we talked on spending less, but giving more. And today the final concept is to love all. One holiday tradition we have in our house is that every Christmas year we watch the movie Love Actually. We watched it two weeks ago when we sat around wrapping gifts while Hannah was uh, at daycare for extended hours. So we wrapped many gifts and we watched the love actually and drank eggnog and had a great time. And if you aren't familiar with the movie Love Actually, it's a movie that's set during the Christmas season and it follows many different couples as they follow the path of love in many different ways. It tells the story of a writer and his house cleaner who, although doesn't speak any English, they manage to fall in love. It tells the story of the British Prime Minister who falls in love with a member of his staff and the problems they have dealing with that. 
It tells the story of a young boy dealing with his first crush and joining the band so he could play in the same show that she sings at. And it tells the story of an aging rocker who is a has-been, who has love for his manager because his manager is the one person that's been here throughout the years. And this aging rocker story is relevant because he releases an album and releases a Christmas song which he calls utter rubbish, but does it because he knows that it will sell. And he takes the popular song, Love is All Around, and just changes the word love to Christmas and sings Christmas all around. He even makes jokes during a radio interview about how Christmas is two syllables and love is one, so it gets tricky in some parts. But I kept going back to those scenes as my mind as I was preparing this sermon. Love is all around. Christmas is all around. And I realize that there's a theological point there. That Christmas is all about love. If you want to boil Christmas, if you want to boil the gospel down to one word, love is the word. So when we proclaim Christmas is all around, we might as well be saying that love is all around just as that aging rocker did. After all, what's the most famous verse from the Bible? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And on Christmas we celebrate the giving of that Son. The birth of that Son. So at Christmas, love is all around. Until you look at the news. Until you open the newspaper. Until you go to Facebook or Yahoo or wherever you get your news. And you see anything but love. You see one of our presidential candidates suggesting that we should bar all Muslims from entry into the United States. You see terrorist attacks where people are killed in cold blood. You see shootings, mass shootings. And even worse, the response to that. There are several responses. People buy more guns after a shooting. Gun sales skyrocket. But even worse than that is the discourse that takes place. The other day on Facebook, one of my friends posted an anti-gun blog posting and, and something she wanted to support. And I saw something amazing. I saw one of her friends who was very pro-gun engage her in thoughtful dialogue. And I wanted to say there is a Christmas miracle. Because usually it's reduced to throwing out names and personal attacks and vilification of the other side instead of coming together in unity. You see the president of a, the biggest so-called Christian university in this country saying that all the students should be armed and then we can end those Muslims. So where is the love? None of those sound like a loving approach to any of this. And in this season of joy, the season of hope, today we lit the love candle of the Advent wreath. Where is the love? And I tell you, it should be found within us. 
as followers of Christ, we should be the love in the world. Because Christ was the embodiment of God's love, as our second scripture reading told us. And Paul told us to be of the same mind, of the same heart as Jesus Christ. Christ who told us to love our neighbor. But then he told us to love our enemies as well. Christ who said the biggest commandment is to love God and a second like it is to love our neighbor. And when pushed into who is our neighbor, he points to the hated Samaritan as the person we're to love. Christ who came as the personification of God's love. And when faced with hate, he responded in love. I've heard many people say, well, Jesus lived in a different time. Jesus' personal liberties, his life weren't at risk. I want to say, you don't know the Bible very well. Because you remember, Jesus was unfairly arrested, unjustly tried, and then put to death. If that isn't hate, I don't know what is. And he didn't respond by smiting anybody. He didn't respond by calling down thunder and lightning. He responded with love. By saying, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If we are going to be followers of Christ, we need to be of the same mind, of the same heart as Christ. And we need to answer love with love. We need to answer hate with love. Martin Luther King once said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And when we answer hatred with more hatred, we fail as Christians. But when we answer hatred with love, then we are in the same mind as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago on Black Friday, Heather and I went out shopping together. We didn't go out and brave the crowds at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 2 in the morning, whatever time stores open. We're not that crazy, stupid, whatever. But we realized that Hannah had daycare and it would be a great opportunity to go out and do our Christmas shopping. So we went at 10 or 11, figuring by then all the people that had gotten up early would have gone home and gone to bed. And they had. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that crowded. But you can tell every worker we uh, encountered, every person that checked us out, every cashier, every stock boy, you can see the weariness and just how drained they were. And some of them were a little bit snippy. Some of them were downright rude. Some of them were pleasant. And usually that's something that would really get to me. But I told myself, they've been up since midnight. They've been fighting these crowds of humanity. And so I went out of my way to be overly pleasant and overly nice and overly loving to everyone I met. And I remember one cashier at Target. He said, how are you doing? And you could tell he didn't mean it. I said, well, that's not important. How are you doing? You've probably been here since 2 in the morning. And he's like, thank you for asking. And he was so grateful to be treated as a human with a little respect, with a little bit of love. And that's how we should respond to things small. We should respond to things big. 
Yesterday at the White House, there was a march and a movement, and they were going to burn a Quran on the White House lawn to produce is or to uh, turn down protest. Thank you, not produce. Protest Islam. But a group of Christians got wind of this. And they came and they counter-produced. And they just held up signs. They came with blankets. They held them up so that they, the first protest couldn't be seen. And they effectively drowned them out. They answered hatred with love. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to love our neighbor. We're called to love our God. We're called to love our enemy. As we seek to celebrate Christmas more fully, we must remember that Christmas is the giving of God's love to all of the earth. To every one of us. And as followers of Christ, we should seek to be of that love. To share that love. In Queens, New York, on the first week of December, a new priest at a Catholic parish, went outside. He'd been only ordained five months. He went outside because the janitor came and God had been heard crying. And as they sought to track it down, they went to the life-size manger they had set up on the lawn. And there in the manger was a newborn baby wrapped in blue towels. The baby was so newborn that it still had its umbilical cord. And so they called the police And the parish responded. Several people offered to adopt the child. They responded out of love. And the police were able to track down the woman because she came back the next day to make sure the baby had been taken in safely. And when the police talked to her and the priests talked to her, she said, I can't care for this baby. But I wanted the baby to be safe. I wanted the baby to be loved. And for me, nothing says love than placing him in that manger. Amen.